Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another BP Movie Journal, the show I do where I talk about the stuff that I've seen since the last time I did one of these. Uh, and it has been a while since I did one of these. Um, and so I have, well, I don't have as much to talk about as you'd think uh, between TCM Fest happening in there and then also just uh, life getting in the way and, you know, battling some depression and stuff like that i haven't been watching uh as many movies movies as i normally would in this amount of time but it's still there's a lot so we're gonna kind of do a little bit of a lightning round don't worry you won't have to listen to me for ramble on for too too long but i do think this might take a while uh so let's just jump in to late march is the last time um so it's uh Excuse me, it's definitely been, um, uh, let's see if I've actually, uh, if I actually remember anything about this, uh, a Chinese film called Stonewalling, um, directed by Huang Ji and, uh, Atsuko Ryuji, um, uh, and, um, it's, uh, nearly two and a half hours long, um, and so, I mean, I'm going to say it's about a woman, uh, um, uh, uh, giving a baby up for adoption. I'm sorry. I'm so distracted trying to remember what I remember about this movie. Um, uh, but it's takes its time. It, it seems to be, uh, it, it takes place over a, a, a period of time. It starts pre COVID and then COVID happens in the movie. Um, and, uh, you see, um, this sort of, uh, somewhat black market, like, uh, uh, economy where, you know, she goes in for a job interview under a fake name and then, uh, her family pivots to like re buying and then reselling, uh, masks during COVID. Uh, um, but then, uh, you, you kind of realize the adoption, um, scheme that she's gotten into that I, there's, details of it that make it like not a standard but um it's uh kind of along the same lines there's there's a certain black market quality to it there too um the movie is uh beautifully blocked and framed um and and lit there's a lot of um uh reflections mirrors and windows and and stuff like that um it's it very much takes its time uh, but is, uh, intoxicating to, to watch. Uh, all right. Next up is the, uh, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. I don't have much to say about it. It wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but I did, I, I did appreciate that it's very much, um, for kids. Um, like it's not really funny. Um, but at least it's also not like, trying to do like the shrek thing of like being clever or winky to the adults in in the audience like this is this is a kids movie um and i do kind of appreciate that but it's still not really my cup of tea uh you know what was my cup of tea um a movie called polite society uh this um and I and I I went in um, thinking it was going to be a little too you know it's a it's about a um, a a teenage girl and maybe like a young adult woman I can't remember now uh, but she's the younger sister uh, and her older sister is um, uh, sorry they're they're Pakistani British and um, her older sister is um, going into in uh, arranged marriage and the younger sister is like so sure that this is not what she wants that she like turns to fighting and it becomes like literal fighting um and so the this sort of mix of like coming of age and genre stuff i thought was going to be like 
like everything everywhere all at once like a little too uh pleased with it with itself and and a little too message based but what really reminded me is the edgar wright cornetto trilogy films or or even into scott pilgrim um where it's very character based um like the i mean the fights are fun the director's name here is nita nita manzor by the way um the fights are uh a, a lot of fun but what's most fun is just uh um spending time with this character's journey and um her the the actress's name is priya kansara um and and the kind of um the, the way that her assumptions about the world turn out not to be true but uh instead of adapting she sort of like digs in and literally fights to uh force the world to uh to go along with her way of way of life it's uh really a, a, a terrifically enjoyable um movie and a fantastic lead performance from priya kansara who uh, is apparently making her film debut in this movie uh didn't realize that until just now um next up speaking of film debuts i think um i watched john gillerman's 1976 king kong uh starring jeff bridges and i think according to the credits introducing jessica lang um and uh yeah i uh i like this movie um i like that uh charles groden is playing a bad guy um i like that jeff bridges is playing a uh like radical like conservationist or environmentalist or something but really what this is it's it's a star making turn for Jessica Lang, who, um, is just like, uh, I never know how to talk about like, just me, like a guy alone talking about like, um, portrayers of trails of people as sexy. And I don't want to like sound purient, but also like, that's, um, something that is, you know, sexy people are cinematic. Uh, and it's, you know, from the beginning like uh good-looking people have um uh shown on 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 screen um and with jessica ling it's not just good looks her her uh her her sexiness uh, just drips off her in the entire movie and it's a really compelling um introduction intro introductory uh um performance uh, all right. Next up, a twenty, uh, a recent movie, uh, Louis Garrel's new movie, The Innocent, or The Innocent, um, uh, and it's um, about uh, a young man named Abel, played by Louis Garrel, whose mother has gotten married to. Uh, she volunteers um, teaching like drama classes to. Um, uh, inmates and she has fallen in love with an inmate and when he uh, actually before he even gets out they they get married and um uh and and uh louis Garrel and his um friend slash maybe girlfriend um uh played by noemi merlant um get involved in uh they're they're convinced that this guy has not changed his ways and that he's bad for their mom and he and, and they sort of turn into it's like a it's a family drama but also kind of like a caper like crime comedy at the same time um i really enjoyed it i thought it was a very uh, uh fun time and no 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 me merlant is is always always great um uh Next up, I watched Rain Allen Miller's Rye Lane, which um, is, uh, well, it's one of those all-in-one-day movies, which is um, always very enjoyable for for me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm very pro uh, that, uh, where it's two people um, who both happen to be coming out of very painful breakups, um, run into each other at a party and end up walking around the, the walking around London, um, all night and and so it has you know the comic hijinks of getting into things but it also has the the before sunrise type of just walk and talk uh type type movie um uh yeah the um 
the the two main actors are Vivian Opara and David Johnson, and they're they're both uh, they're both really great. Um, and the movie is maybe a little bit too like first film y in the way that it's like you know occasionally feels like it's trying too hard to um impress you with uh visual gimmicks and tricks but um there's uh, a real heart there um and a love for this area of london and uh two great perform lead performances so um you can't really can't really go wrong uh all right um Next, I watched... Uh, I keep jumping back and forth between newer movies and older movies. So I watched a movie from 1977 directed by Moshe Mizrahi called Madame Rosa. And uh, it stars Simone Signore as a woman named Rosa, who, uh, I guess, it was fun for me to watch the the, the movie because um, I didn't read anything about it beforehand. And, I, and watching it, you sort of like only kind of gradually piece together what Madame Rosa does. Um, but she is a former prostitute who now um, runs essentially like a black market, like daycare for prostitutes who, uh, sorry, sex workers who have um, had children in their line of work. So they like the children get dropped off and stay with Madame Rosa while the sex workers go out and, and, and work um uh and um uh it's what i really liked about it is that it sounds like it's sort of kind of like it's it, it could be like cutesy or like it's like it's you know saying like look at this sweet lady um uh, in this r- risque uh uh, milieu, but um, uh, it turns out she's not a sweet lady. She's like really mean, um, and she uh, bonds with one of the older kids named uh, Momo. And uh, the movie is really more about their relationship and and the way that they like um, need each other, but also are awful to each other at at the same time uh and of course a fantastic lead performance by the great simone signore um sticking with an older movie i watched the 1994 movie 1994 1944 movie even older than you thought uh directed by renee claire called it tomorrow um and this is uh, uh dick powell um uh, plays a newspaper reporter who uh, has a sort of, I don't want to go into the details, but a sort of guardian angel type of, of person um, brings him um, the next day's paper. Uh, and so he's able to know what goes on the, the next, the next day. Um, uh, but what's, What's I guess a couple of things that are interesting about it. Um, it's uh, it's a nineteen forty four film that takes place in uh, like the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, right around the turn of the century. I can't remember exactly when, um, which is like always interesting. Like to watch an older movie, obviously people in the forties watched this and had no problem saying yes, that's. Um, that's that's that time but it's always kind of strange to watch one of those kind of like relatively short distance period pieces from like like i'm watching it from a greater distance in the future than the movie is from when it is set if that makes like between the movie's setting and release um there's I, i for some reason i find something kind of surreal uh about that um like how closer are they doing better at recreating this period than a movie that was made now because they're so close to it and there are still more people alive from that time. I don't know. I think about, about, uh, these are the things I, I think about. Um, but the other thing that's interesting to me about it, um, is how clearly like, uh, production Cody it is, um, in the, the sense that like, 
Um, all of his attempts to use his knowledge of the future for his own personal gain um, fall flat. He gets, you know, and he's punished for even trying or uh, or, or whatever. Um, interesting enough, enough movie. Uh, it happened tomorrow. Then, uh, still sticking with old movies. Um, oh, give me a second here because I have lost my place um okay speaking of old movies uh this one's even older it's it's a silent film 1925's lights of old broadway directed by monta bell and starring marion davies and it's not um i'm, I'm trying to think what other marion davies films i would have seen but um whatever i had seen did not leave as much of an impression on me as lights of old broadway uh which is about a uh poor girl who um finds success becoming a um stage star but also marion davies plays this is so weird <laughs> um as she be finds this more success she starts dating this upper class guy and then Marion Davies also plays his sister and it's like a separated at birth type of thing but that doesn't actually have anything to do with the plot it just seems like why don't we get Marion Davies to play two roles but because of that the guy is falling in love with someone who looks exactly like his own sister and he never mentions it <laughs> it, it really feels like the initial like treatment for this movie did not include the separated birth thing they just wanted to put marion davies in two roles uh but uh it's so um her performance is so full of energy so uh fun she's 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 funny uh the movie itself is funny uh it's got like literally like uh poor folks uh talking shit about rich folks throwing bricks at rich folks um it's uh it's pretty great it's pretty up my alley in in a lot of ways there um all right what's next for me 1996 uh directed by jacques toilon uh it's called ponette and it is a movie about a um a four-year-old girl uh whose mother has just died when the movie starts um and uh her father um leaves her with her aunt when he goes off to work um for like uh i don't know like it seems like a week like he maybe he like only comes to visit on weekends and she's staying with uh her her aunt um uh and uh it's a, a fantastic like i don't know if you know if you when it comes to a four-year-old do you say performance but like um this this girl who plays uh uh ponette um is, her name is victoire tv soul um maybe it's a it's a fee it's it's a triumph of 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 direction um by jacques toilon uh it she's her 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 struggles her grief over her mother and then also her because her aunt that she stays with is a christian and so her like we're able to see how christianity the learning about christianity gives her some comfort but also more confusion and it gets translated through her four-year-old brain and 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 comes out weird and, and it's more confusion and often like um it butts up against the supernatural at times but we don't know if that's just in her imagination uh it's a really fascinating movie that again like i was saying with madame rosa like seems like it could be cutesy but um avoids that mostly by <laughs> including scenes of being people being really mean uh this is a movie that like yeah it's about a bunch of like 
little kids because she like has cousins and then she goes to school uh, so it's a bunch of little kids but it's not like aren't these little kids cute like they're fucking awful they're like so mean to her about the fact that her mom died which is a real thing that kids like don't know not to make fun of other kids for having dead parents it's uh i don't I mean i don't know that from personal experience but um i know that through family experiences it's uh kids kids are fucking awful and weird um quick break here one second all right and we're back and uh we are moving on to another newer film uh mark jenkins Ennis men or Ennis men um you know i've read uh some like plot descriptions after the fact that i'm like oh i guess maybe that's what uh is is happening but um the movie's just really more about um uh tone and mood and um just a uh, sense of like sort of uh unsettling uh, uh, place. Uh, it's about a, a, a woman who lives on a small British Isle, uh, alone. She's, um, a scientist, I think, or, um, something. And she's, uh, studying light lichen, um, uh, on the island and, uh, but also she, she has this ritual, these rituals every day. She checks on the growth she drops a rock down a well but then like there are interruptions to the uh routine that come in the form of like terrifying visions of people who may or may not be there um and so it has a sense of being the setting being as um uh natural uh as it is um gives them and the way they and the fact that the movie looks i, I didn't i haven't looked up what it was shot on it looks like 16 millimeter or something um gives it a sense of like folk horror uh but then there's also body horror in it uh it's definitely a fascinating captivating watch and i'm sure people who are more invested in what the story is could tell you what the story is but um to me it was just like 90 minutes of like this is cool uh okay Next up, 1984's Streetwise, a documentary directed by Martin Bell um, that is about uh, runaways and other mostly uh, homeless or half-homeless teens uh, in 1984 uh, Seattle. Um, uh, A number of the girls are sex workers. and uh yeah i see I, I seem to be like falling upon this this theme here of just uh liking movies that don't try to make things seem nicer than they are there's an in, there's an incredible incredible sense of immediacy and life um to this life on the streets that is not glorifying but it is ener- energizing um it's scary but not in a way that it's like trying to make a message out of out of the movie uh it really just has this love of life and this and and a love for these these kids um and uh spends an hour and a half uh in their world not like again not telling us how to feel about them not assuming that we already feel any certain way uh, uh, about them um but just like really immersing us into their world and and seeing uh you you wouldn't come out of this movie you'd have to be ignorant to come out of the movie and go like i don't know how people are able to live like that because the movie shows you how they live like that uh you see how they make it work and uh it might you know it's not a life most people want but um you actually learn from them um i I feel like homeless uh unhoused people um are are often condescended to or or talked down to or um uh rather than being uh listened to or or learned from um and uh 
Streetwise is, is really fantastic. Uh, also on that same disc, there's a 2016 documentary that catches up with um, one of the girls. Um, the movie's called Tiny, The Life of Aaron Blackwell. Uh, her real name is Aaron Blackwell, and she goes by Tiny, and it catches up with her in well, then the present day, 2016, um, uh, where she is no longer homeless, but that doesn't mean she is uh, free of the consequences of the life she lives. She still has drug addiction problems. She has um, many, many children. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really easy to um it would be really easy to just it's it's very interesting that i feel like it's a mark against tiny the life of Aaron blackwell that it only really works for me in context of having seen streetwise but it also um is a fan a fascinating a very interesting at least um uh, uh counterpart to to streetwise of like if you if you were to come out of streetwise uh saying like oh those those rough street kids they had something figured out they got street smarts or whatever this is a movie that kind of like uh reminds you that that sort of thing doesn't really exist and and uh this is hard on on a, on everyone who who lives it um and those even those who are lucky enough to make it out alive um don't necessarily have it easy um all right uh I watched all seven of the films on the two-disc Blu-ray Criterion um, collection uh, of Marlon Riggs films. Um, there are a couple of feature-length films, mostly um, shorter films. I am going to talk about them in the order that I saw them, which means I'm also going to break it up at at. at at times with other stuff that I saw. So, uh, but the first one I watched, uh, cause I think I watched them, um, chronologically according to release. Yeah. So the first one I watched was 1986's, uh, ethnic notions. Um, and, uh, this is a, uh, a documentary that's about an hour long. Um, and it's about, uh, the, the uh the way that black people have been portrayed in american entertainment uh it it, it um the, I, I think the movie's sort of like theme is that the stereotypes of black americans in going all the way back to minstrel shows and and up to the then present day of the 80s um this the dominant stereotypes at any given time say less about black Americans at that time and more about white Americans at that time and how they feel, um, about black people. Uh, but, um, there's something about uh, Marlon Riggs having seen all seven of these now, um, that it's, you learn a lot from these movies, but that's also not like the, the whole thing. It, it does feel like very personal and something he needs to get out not something he wants to instruct you about okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com bite clear liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, so that's Ethnic Notions. So we'll put a pin in Marlon Riggs because then I watched a bunch of other movies, including Kelly Freeman Craig's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And uh, I mean, this movie is absolutely just, um, it, it might it, it, it might be the best movie of the year so far. It's just, um, there's, uh, man, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but there's a complete lack of, um, or there's a, there's a, 
a clear-eyed honesty to the movie um in the the I, I i'll admit i've never read the book like a lot of boys i only read the fudge books um as far as judy bloom stuff goes uh but um there uh the movie is very funny but not in a way that it is making its characters behave cartoonishly or like caricatures it's funny in a very real almost sometimes embarrassing way um even like the character you know a a lesser movie could have made the um the the neighbor uh girl nancy nancy wheeler i think um could have made her into more of a superficial villain but there's um but even her superficiality um is a mask of uh, a mask over the same kind of torment that any kid going through puberty is is going through and in the uh you know the insecurity uh can get covered up by some people with uh uh an outward projection of of a lot of confidence um but yeah, the the movie's very, very incredibly funny and sweet. And um, uh, Rachel McAdams as the mom is fantastic. Um, the uh, girls, uh, Abby Ryder Fortson is is the um, the girl. Uh, Kathy Bates plays the grandma, and Benny Safdie, who like just works, man. He's like he's in movies. This guy is in movies. Um, uh, is he's the father, and he's he's good too. Okay, let's move on to a movie. Coincidentally, I watched a movie called What's Love Got to Do With It? But it's not the Tina Turner movie. It's another uh, uh, arranged marriage type movie. Get it? What's Love Got to Do With It? Um, And it's about... But it's about a white woman uh, played by Lily James... Um, whose childhood best friend next door neighbor, uh, who's a Pakistani man, um, is getting into an arranged marriage and she wants to make a documentary about it. Uh, I did not like this movie. Uh, the director's name is Shakar Kapoor. Um, I felt like, even though the movie eventually does sort of like, um, acknowledge, uh, the like potential problematicness if you will of a white woman making um such a documentary uh it still feels like the movie is kind of judgy about arranged marriage but it wants you to think that it's being even-handed um it, it definitely seems to fall on the side of more western values uh which i found to be strange um for a movie that is uh that seems to think that it's not doing that but this is these are critiques that i would be the movie's also just bad it's just <laughs> i mean it's well shot for it looks like a you know i mean it looks like a uh a, a standard sort of you know middle brow studio project but uh it's well photographed it looks like a real movie uh but it's just uh very superficial and not interesting um let's move on after i take a drink of water uh so next up i watched the movie i was really interested in uh really excited to see um directed by ashley mckenzie it's called queens of the Qing dynasty um it's a a canadian film about a uh teenage girl or maybe a young, young woman it's not clear um who is in a hospital because she attempted suicide and a volunteer at the hospital who is a um uh, a chinese uh i guess he's not an immigrant he's like on a visa or like a student visa or something like that i can't remember because i know that's a part of the plot is that his visa is expiring and he's going to have to go back to to china um 
uh, and he, as a volunteer at the hospital, gets assigned to sort of like, uh, I don't know, suicide watch her, and then they kind of become become friends. Uh, they're both, you know, she's obviously a uh, troubled person. And uh, I would say her performance, let me, let me pull up the cast here, um, Sarah Walker, she's the best part of, of the movie. Uh, I li- and I like their, their, their dynamic. It's just that at a certain point, their hangout sessions don't seem to produce anything more. And the movie goes on, it's over two hours long, and it just felt like it it ran out of ideas um but um kept i don't know trying to uh what do you do to a well like (laughs) trying to get more out of the well um so yeah um let's move on to manuela martelli's chile 76 um which uh despite the title actually was released uh last year um uh and it is a about a it's this is a a, it's kind of a political thriller um that it's about a somewhat wealthy woman um in the mid 70s uh 1976 who is uh catholic and her priest it turns out is a part of the sort of uh resistance where you know the the anti pinochet uh resistance and this is a time when people were you know being imprisoned or or worse disappeared um for uh the crime of speaking up uh and um her priest asks asks her because she's i think a nurse maybe um i can't remember but uh asks her to He's hiding a um, resistance fighter who was wounded and um, asks for her help, uh, and so it's it's a yeah thriller noir type thing where uh, a woman gets a uh, um, uh, you know and, uh, and every woman gets gets sort of dragged in over her head and in, 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 into bigger things. Um, it's got a. Manuela Martelli has a fantastic sense of of tone. Uh, the score is very is very tense, um, but uh, uh, there's also a lot in Aileen Kupenheim's performance as the lead Carmen, um, and uh, seeing whether or not she doesn't seem to feel all that strongly politically either way but this sense of purpose um and of belonging and of people relying on her comes to mean quite a lot to her uh so yeah i i liked it it was a it's a it's a good movie um okay let's move on to a much newer an even newer movie um laurel parmet's the starling girl um which no it's not a silence of the lambs prequel uh it's about a a teenage girl in i I don't know if it's it's some sort of like somewhat cloistered like religious extremist community um I'm, i'm not entirely sure of the the details um but uh um what's what's interesting about the approach is it's not about it's about a girl who is maybe doesn't entirely fit in but it's not about like a rebel the movie is about a girl who wants to be a part of this and is having trouble um and doesn't she clearly doesn't hasn't learned much about the world outside of this. Uh, Eliza Scanlon is is the actress, um, and uh, I think it's definitely a portrait of hypocrisy. But again, not 
it, it doesn't hit you over the head with um look how comfortable these supposed christians are with lying to make things easier for themselves or to um to get out to, to come out ahead or, or to get out of trouble or or to or just lying to one another to look like they're more christian than they are um quote unquote uh that that um appearing to be a good christian is more important than being a good christian uh that that's shot through runs through the whole movie but the movie doesn't uh uh insist on it it's it's a story about a um one girl who uh starts to experience a little bit of life outside of this uh camp and um some of it makes some of it is very um enervating for her but also um it's a dangerous thing for her to do as well and the movie doesn't um make the 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 starting girl does not make that easy the 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 divide between those two two things uh all right let's get back into marlon riggs uh the next one is tongues untied from 1989 um and this one unlike ethnic notions uh this one is very much marlon riggs was gay and made movies about uh made multiple movies about um gay men specifically black gay men uh and tongues untied is much more about um it's it's full of gay men and it's about the way the ways of communication among gay men specifically among black gay men um uh and uh uh yeah uh it's also um discusses or at least makes mention of hiv and aids which is how marlon riggs would end up dying in 1993 or 4 um i can't remember so that's tongues untied um and then affirmations uh is only a 10 minute movie and that's um along the same lines with a little it's it's less uh flourishy in the uh, there's not poetry recitals and there's not like as as much uh um uh, editing like uh, uh attention grabbing um editing uh it's much more straightforward it largely consists of uh an interview with one of the members of or one of the su- subjects from tongues untied um and and some other stuff it's a um again it's about uh gayness blackness and masculinity which um comes up a lot uh in his movies so yeah that's affirmations okay let's take a break from marlon riggs and let's go to molly gordon and nick lieberman's theater camp which i found painfully unfunny um it feels like it was made by theater camp kids uh who think they're they're really funny. Um, uh, Molly Gordon and Ben Platt play former uh, former campers at a theater camp who have now become instructors. Um, uh, and uh, that's the, I guess, the dramatic tension there is that they're teaching all these kids who have these dreams of stardom on Broadway and the silver screen and whatnot. Uh, and they're the example they have to listen to, to look up to, which is people who like never made it uh in in those um in in those fields uh and that is interesting but the 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 comedy in this is just uh so cringingly unfunny and just has like sort of character breaking just like oh wouldn't it be funny if he were just really mean in this scene for some reason like uh i i didn't like that um I will say as it went on i started to like it more especially in the finale because uh the characters are writing an original musical throughout the thing that's going to be performed at the end of the camp and um the songs are actually really good and so as it goes on you get to see more and more uh, and hear more and more of the songs so i did i did like that um uh, a little bit um 
Back to Marlon Riggs, 1992. Anthem, nine minutes uh, long. Um, and it's a nine-minute sort of uh, extended sort of music video type of thing. Lots of uh, um, crossfades and uh, superpositions and, um, and and dancing. And um, uh, it's... it's um, not as not a straightforward documentary like some of the other ones were um uh but also you know very much about uh gay men um or a lot of men dancing and, and kissing uh together um so then uh i watched um gilo pontecorvo's capo um and my God, what an amazing movie. Um, Susan Strasberg plays a Jewish child um, in France who um, is, along with her parents, captured um, and sent to um, a concentration camp. Uh, and then she is separated from her parents and through uh, an act of kindness is able to be transferred to a work camp where there the words the the original was just an extermination camp and she was going to be uh killed she's um someone another prisoner is kind to her and, and gets her transferred to a work camp uh where she not only survives but kind of uh, you know within the relative uh uh parameters of being you know a prisoner in a concentration camp is able to rise uh in the ranks by becoming a capo basically um a a guard of the prisoners who is a a prisoner um a, a sort of boss of other prisoners so she's um uh so it's the story of a girl who man this seems to be the theme but obviously if something keeps being a theme in like a BP movie journal like this, it's because it's on my mind and I'm projecting it onto a lot of movies. But this is another thing of, uh, taking a main character and, uh, daring us to not like them. Um, or, or, or not like, uh, um, at least not making it easy for us to like them. But, um, you don't have to like every character in every movie, but, uh, they do have to seem, I think generally, I don't want to say have to, any movie can be anything, but generally it's good if they seem like they are real within the movie. Uh, and Susan Strasberg's, um, Edith, uh, or Edith, um, definitely, definitely does. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, we see her like survive by becoming a tool of the oppressors essentially. Um, but then there's a love story where she falls in love with another um, uh, prisoner. Um, Emmanuel Riva is in this movie as a political prisoner. Um, but Pontecorvo's filmmaking uh, is so fully realized in in that sort of um, uh, the, the, the sort of thing I associate with like the coppolas and the spielbergs that were about to and scorsese's were about to show up where there's it's it's complex but in a way that seems almost effortless or or natural or just obvious like it had to be like that um uh beautiful devastating shots you never would have thought of when she and her parents first get to the extermination camp um at the beginning of the movie there's this montage of the guards or the ss or whoever separating the children separating children from their parents we're seeing babies ripped out of arms um you know seeing uh people pushed off in different directions you see a line of families with their faces up against the wall and the guards are just going down the line and grabbing kids and pulling them away and as each one like happens the parents like try to grab one of the kids and they get pushed back against the wall and this happens a few times in this shot and then a kid gets pulled away and we realize oh it's that's susan stressberg and that's her parents so like we were watching this montage and what we thought was a part of the montage actually had our main characters 
in the shot the entire time if we didn't really it suddenly goes from being like an overview of the sort of thing that happens to the camp to oh right this is happening to our character right now uh it's a it's a beautifully thought out and executed uh uh shot in in just general sequence and the movie's full of of stuff like that and um uh yeah i um you need probably need to watch more Gilo Pantacorvo movies uh Okay, wow, we're um, we're coming up to the end here. Uh, Marlon Riggs, 1992, color adjustment. This is um, specifically um, about black people portrayed on American television. So ethnic notions earlier had sort of a um, a, a, a broader take, but was actually a shorter film. This one is of. Uh, 80 minutes, so I would say essentially feature length, uh, and uh, is full of interviews and examples, um, and it's uh, mightily persuasive um, and deeply felt, um, and uh, uh, you know, there's there's anger there, of course, but it doesn't feel like um, a work that is born of anger um there's there's love and you know there's a part that i found so fascinating when they're talking about amos and andy um and obviously amos and andy uh in both its radio and television iterations are seen as you know the one of the most racist entertainments that have been made and Diane Carroll is being interviewed and she's talking about how she wasn't allowed to watch Amos and Andy when she was a kid. Um, but later when she grew up, she watched it and uh, was able to acknowledge that on the TV version, the two black actors who played Amos and Andy were like very talented. And I think like that the the movie's love for people, even if it, as it's condemning their work or or what they've been a part of uh is it seems to be an essential part of um marlon riggs worldview um all right next marlon riggs which if you're counting is six of seven is non gene regret rien or no regret uh which um is specifically it seems to go back and forth in terms of being like um about uh black portrayals in general and then specifically about black gay men this one is specifically about black gay men and even more specifically about hiv positive um black gay men uh which marlon riggs would have been uh by that point and um it uh he just his his confidence as a filmmaker is um astounding and it's so sad that we i'm realizing having watched all seven of these that it's so sad that we lost him so young um but uh you know he does he he introduces characters with their identities partially covered up we're only seeing their mouths move um but they're these are people who are not in the closet they um are they are out so the the iris kind of opens up as movie uh pretty quickly uh, into the into the movie on these interview scenes and that's just one of the little like touches that he that he puts on that um make his movies feel so lovingly crafted um as opposed to just like um uh sort of thesis statement essayist documentary which i'm not necessarily opposed to but a lot of those can be quite dry um uh there's there's so much thought um put into uh the construction of 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 his movies and and his sense of love uh, is just uh really really touching and and emotional um i guess speaking of one of those perfectly decent one of those like kind of here's the subject we're going to explore documentaries i saw julie 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 cohen um julie cohen's new documentary every body which is uh about intersex people um mostly you know three of them in particular are are, are subjects uh Saifa wall alicia weigel and river gallo um 
and uh the movie goes through their experiences um and their activism uh, uh against uh intersex surgeries because this is something that um will happen in intersex cases where someone is born with uh sort of a little bit of uh, uh you know mostly maybe one set of genitalia but a little bit of the other and uh, surgery is done when they're too young to know anything about it, um, to say like, okay, this person, we're going to decide for this person. This person is a girl or this person is a boy. Um, and, uh, they don't realize who they really are until later in, in, in life. And it causes problems. So we get these individual stories. We also get the history of intersex, um, treatment and stuff like that. It's a, a very, um, illuminating documentary. Julie Cohen, that's you know she makes these um you know she made like the ruth bader ginsburg documentary and this is better than that one i would say um but she she knows what she's doing and if you want to learn about intersex people that's what everybody is for i feel like i'm damning with faint praise um and maybe i can't kind of am because it's leading me to um the next film the final marlon riggs film which is called black is black ain't and this one is astounding i mean his movies are all great but this one is his masterwork and was also his final work he died um while it was being finished actually um and uh it's uh it's it's a uh a very personal like statement about like him saying like but he's not specific. He's in this movie more than he's in his other movies. Um, and he's very sick in the movie, but he's saying like, I'm black, I'm gay and I'm a man. And, um, none of those things is in any contradiction with one another. And no one else is going to tell me, um, that I'm any more or less of any one of those things than I believe I am. But he's saying it, a little bit himself but mostly through other people's stories which is how he works because he worked i guess uh because he clearly just loved people um and had so much compassion in his heart for uh for people um so there are interviews with uh um just regular um you know black men on the street uh gay or straight um and there are also interviews with black scholars um, and other leading black figures, um, including Bill Hooks and and Cornel West are both interviewed. Uh, and what I really like, I mean, I I love the movies for all the reasons. I, the movie is just the reason I love the movie for all the reasons I just said. But uh, I also like that this is a movie made by a black person clearly with a black audience in mind there's so many like so, so many of these of, of movies about like documentaries about blackness especially i mean it's become less uh the case is um uh social justice has been more on the minds of at least the the left of of this country which a lot of movie viewers uh or like you know documentary viewers at least are um well, that's, there's a lot of right-wing documentaries, aren't there? Um, but anyway, I'm not, I just said nothing, essentially. Uh, but, you know, a lot of them are made, it seems like, to either instruct a white audience or with at least the idea of a white audience watching this in, in mind. Um, and that might lead... A black filmmaker or a black interview subject to not say certain things and then that actually becomes a part of black is black ain't um of certain figures in the black community saying like we don't speak out against certain uh things be it in this case homophobia or something that are maybe like um uh especially toxic in these communities because we can't be seen to be criticizing one another. It's not like a conversation. I, um, I feel like, uh, I'm walking a tightrope even talking about it. Cause I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, but I, um, 
it's not a conversation I would normally have, and it's not a conversation you normally see for the reasons that I just laid out. And and uh, but that's the Marlon Riggs. Uh, Marlon Riggs was fearless because he, I think, loved and trusted so deeply um, in people. Uh, he really. I was just watching all seven of these movies. He really seemed like a beautiful man, and I'm very, uh, very heartbroken all these years later to. Um, realize what was taken from us when he passed.